Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. We can say that the impetus, like watching the NFL, right? It seemed like the meetings picked up, and you know, do we the next day? Did they listen to our podcast again? So let's let's definitely take credit for that. Yeah. Hey, here in the bleachers, we take credit for everything we possibly can, and we are the we are the we are the best Monday morning. Yeah, we are the Monday morning quarterbacks. That's when our podcast usually comes out. But uh, here in the bleachers, uh, we 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 talk a lot about sports. We talk a lot about baseball. I am Jeff Blum. I, I am a current color analyst for the Houston Astros and across on the left coast. We've got my good buddy, David Tuttle, who's just an all-around good guy and uh, understands the sporting world and gives some of that outside fan input with a little underlying knowledge because he played professional baseball for quite a while too. But uh, we've been on this podcast and what what he just alluded to is something that we talked about in our last podcast. So we'll... we'll We'll skirt around the edges of the lockout because that's all we can do on this podcast, which is uh, is tough because I work for the Astros, so I've got to protect the integrity of my job and the process that I'm involved in. Uh, and then Hall of Fame was probably the biggest biggest news this week. I've got some serious thoughts on that uh, moving forward. There was a great article in The Athletic. I know that Tuttle probably read it, but I encourage all of you who who don't have a subscription to The Athletic, go ahead and get it. Uh, Jason Stark wrote a great article on it talking about the Hall of Fame and answering some questions, and it kind of spurred some thoughts for me. The NFL uh, playoffs are continuing to go. It's kind of funny in the scheduling. Did, did you know it was happening on that weekend of uh, February uh, 14th, 13th, 14th? I did not. Isn't that crazy? That one extra game in the NFL pushes it, you know, that one two weeks into February instead of that first week. But Tuttle, oh, what's yeah. going on with you, man? Yeah, uh, we've math, had a chance right. to talk. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Because I've already talked to two people. I'm one of them. I made plans on that weekend of February 13th, and <laughs> there goes the plans for making a, you know, having a Super Bowl party. Yeah, well, you know, we'll just have to have a party some other time, I guess, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I think that's that's what you forget because they increase the bye weeks, right? Obviously, the playoffs extend, and then you have the two week hiatus, and you know, I guess it's something if you're a sports fanatic and you do have a Super Bowl party every year. My Super Bowl party is always like, um, oh, hey, who's in the Super Bowl this year? Like, hey, do you guys want to come over and have hors d'oeuvres and have a few drinks? Great. <laughs> okay, come on over. We'll have – but uh, and maybe get some squares together. We used to have a bigger Super Bowl yes. party. But, yeah, you're right. February 14th. Good thing the uh, Super Bowl's in uh, in L.A. this year. <laughs> if you're going to, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin, or I guess most – they always have these neutral kind of – easy sites, right? Uh, like Indianapolis mm-hmm. is indoors and, you know, whatever. So I had not thought about that. That's interesting. So now you're going to have to either, which plans are you going to change, I guess, is the question. Well, it, it's funny you said that about like the Super Bowl party was usually like, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a good game. How about I invite so-and-so over? How about, uh, you know, bring your wife, bring this. Okay. And then that's kind of how our Super Bowl party started out here. It was just us and uh, Julia Morales, our sideline reporter, and her husband, <laughs> And then uh, it grew to, you know, a couple of friends around town and whoever was available. But uh, it's always fun playing the, the the number squares with four people. Oh, yeah. You know, because the odds are pretty Some, good. <laughs> somebody's going to win that thing that's sitting in this room right here, right now. Yeah, win a lot of money. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, But no, we're, we're not changing anything because we're actually – we are going, my wife and I are going to Palm Springs with another couple because we went in on a, you know, a charity event and mm-hmm. bought a, bought this package. The time's running out and we were like, oh, let's go. It's right around Valentine's. It'll be great. The Super gotcha. Bowl will be over. And then er, <laughs> stop the presses. <laughs> the one extra day in the NFL season pushed everything back two weeks. So you've been married a while. Um, we're coming in on 20 years. My wife would say the same because you know, that's how you and I met. I'm fairly social, but on our honeymoon in Tahiti, way out in Bora Bora, in that little inlet or whatever, you're on these little out over water things. I ended up meeting the couple next to us in the hut, right? And me and the guy were like, hey, let's, you know, we would hang out and have a beer on the patio. (laughs) My wife's like, it's our honeymoon. Like we spent, but that's how I can just imagine this romantic getaway to Palm Springs with the spouses. Sunday rolls around. It's like, hey, there's a game on. You want to you want to head down to the uh, bar? Like, you know, and you and the guy mm-hmm. are down at the bar and the women are like, wait a second. I thought this was like a Valentine's Day weekend. There's a good chance that's going to happen. It's funny you talk about wedding uh, uh, honeymoons and all that kind of stuff. I just celebrated our 21st. My Our marriage is now of drinking age. Mm. 
And that was kind of cool. Sweet. We didn't do anything. We just yeah, went well, out to dinner. Well, you did. That's doing something. I mean, I talked to my brother. I'm like, what are you doing for your birthday? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I'm, we might go out to dinner. I'm like, well, Addy and I go out to dinner every week. Like, know. you know, once a week. And we sometimes take the kids. We sometimes don't. But, you know, so if that's your anniversary, like, hey. But you did go big for your 20th. So your 21st is kind of like, yeah. you know, you're starting over again. Like, ah, it's year one. Like, what is it? Rope or something is the gift instead of. <laughs> <laughs> it was copper. Like, what am I going to do? Get some gutters around the house and dress it up? <laughs> hey, you're a plumber <laughs> now. Plumber the plumber. You got copper yeah. pipes. We're good. There you go. Hey, anyway. dude, what did you do? What, man, this is a tangents galore right. right here. What did, did you already have your 20th? No, no, no. 20th is coming up. We're in the 20th year. 19. Uh, we're at 19. Do, so. do you want to know? Yes. All I'm going to do is open myself up to have to include this in the podcast somehow. But when I for when my wife and I, for like early in our marriage, you know, we'd be out, you know, and she, you know, you know, if we if we stay married twenty years, you better make me a rap song kind of thing. You know, she oh, just kind of nice. fired that out there like in year two to a bunch of friends, and uh, lo and behold, we get it to twenty. And guess what? You made that a was rap her. Song. I made a rap song for. Her. I You're mean, I best. went in and got the beat. I I I had the lyrics. I got oh, help. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's so. And cool. I I'd have the audio on my phone. I may have to send it to Mark right. and just give him a clip to uh, fire in yeah. there. But uh, okay. <laughs> look, he's all thumbs he's up. Like, oh it's, yeah, it was pretty epic. Yeah. Oh, oh hey, look at that. Hey. Hey. You don't need to hear <laughs> it. Yeah. And okay. I, I believe you had already. I believe you had rapped earlier, like in our marriage. I did. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, and so I have I expertise. Said I wanted a rap. That's right. I forgot about for that. Me. Yeah. So you were you a break dancer and a rapper, like Blum. Like you did that when it was cool. Yeah, I, I would Thank bring you, my Corey. cardboard with me every once in a while. Yeah, nice. <laughs> this is when you had the 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 frosty tips, and you were like, you know, I'm going to be oh, a rapper dude, after frost, my frosty tips were the best. Yeah, I was ice. I was vanilla ice before ice was vanilla. Yeah. Well, a lot of these guys do, you know, Damian Lillard and guys like that. I mean, it was like Blum was the utility guy on a World Series champ and, you know, had a lot to do with that. But he's also a rapper during the offseason. You're like, whoa, that guy's I think, a rapper. You know what I'm going to do now? I'm actually I'm going to make an NFT of my rap and sell it for millions of bitcoins. <laughs> Uh, I think cryptocurrency. This is a tangent, but this is this is how we roll, and I think it's great. Um, obviously, we have yeah, to get, talk I'm, about I'm a some of the uh, today. Sorry, that's all right. I'm on the left coast, and I, you know, we're talking about marriage and all the good stuff. Which, uh, you know, I mean, I'm heading into 20 years. You made it to 21. I mean, I think it's a it's a pretty bold accomplishment. Maybe you kept saying that you were going to talk about the Bachelor because that had when we started the <laughs> podcast. Maybe we just end up talking about. I'm going to steal ideas that The Bachelor uses, right? Like, you know, that, yeah, those, that's you what you want to do for your tw- Those people live a week. They have a week's worth of dating that's like Dude, the greatest right? marriage of all time. They're like, yes, we got a Rolls Royce limo, and we went up to the top of the mountain, and then a helicopter picked us up, and then we went snowboarding in the Alps. And you're like, what the? <laughs> like, I haven't done any of that. My wife's going to look at me like, hey. Like, I don't even want to get married now. It's going to be a disappointment. <laughs> that's right. Like, what the heck is going on? You wonder why these couples never stay together because you go back a really to a rented point. A rented apartment in like Encino. Like I thought you were no. I'm just a single guy now. I'm, I'm trying to work my way up the corporate ladder. Yeah, this <laughs> guy's like, having oh, an man. anniversary like every three days. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, so all right, so Blummer, nothing like up? you were on the show. Yeah, that's right. You wonder how that works. Yeah, you wonder how that works. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got stories about that too. One of my buddies, uh, you know, had a short-lived career in the big leagues and. He and his wife went sideways right after. What are you going to do with your life? Like, you're not really that bringing home the bacon, though. Yeah. No, no, no. Or sports in general. Anyway, all right. This is a good one. All right. So oh, let's uh, let's get on track. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Um, I have thought about it a lot. I've read a little bit of Jason Stark's article. I read some other articles. My mom sent me an article uh, from the San Jose Mercury News about Barry Bonds because she was always talking about that. Oh, good. But but I don't know if I have the answer still, right? We've been talking about this for years. Like, how do you feel about steroids in your locker room and the guys that you played against or the guys that beat you out for a job? Like, how do you feel about those people getting into the Hall of Fame? How do you feel about the numbers that they put up while they were playing? I mean, I've said this, you know, A-Rod is just an a-hole. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> fact that he did steroids or that you played against him or you didn't or you talked to him. I mean, so a lot of this comes down to, as I thought about, I think I mentioned this last time, Andy Pettit 
you know, Christian guy, really mellow guy said, yeah, you know, when I was rehabbing from an elbow injury, I did some, you know, human growth hormone. It helped me recover faster, but I'm really sorry. I realized that, you know, it kind of challenged the integrity of the game. It was the wrong thing to do. Nobody ever talks about him anymore. And we can lead into what we know about David Ortiz, but I just think Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were brash, bold, unapologetic. They stayed that way all the way through. And I do think that affected what happened, but I'd love to hear all of the things that you're kind of mulling about, you know, or mm. mulling around about the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, so David Ortiz gets voted in. I get it. He has Hall of Fame numbers. the 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 problem that comes out, and the problem with some of these guys that are on these ballots right now, is that PED usage, whether it be steroids, human growth hormone, cream, clear, whatever the allegations were. And David Ortiz was actually one of those guys that was suspected of it and then actually tested positive for it. So he actually, on his record, has one positive PED test under his belt, yet he gets voted in. And that just blows a whole, a a massive hole in the theory that the Baseball Writers Association has in the idea of I'm not going to vote any any PED guys in. Now, there's a lot of speculation that there's already guys in uh, that have used PEDs. And Lord knows that if we went back and actually knew the the, the type of people they were voting in in the past, oh, you know, yeah. Ty Cobb's probably one of the guys that jumps out the most because he was, you know— racist, angry, whatever he was. Notoriously, yeah, yeah, notorious. You know, he, he, he had a reputation, but he got in because he was the, one of the greatest hitters of all time. And so you start to get away from, you know, I think Jason Sark asked a really good question. He goes, what, what does our Hall of Fame look like? And I don't think, and this kind of, you know, what did he say exactly? What kind of Hall of Fame is this in baseball? Yep. And I think after this vote, we can say that this is this is the Baseball Writers Association Hall of Fame. I don't believe that this is the Baseball Hall of Fame of the players. I don't think this is the Baseball Players Hall of Fame of the game. I think that this has become the Writers Hall of Fame, and that's where I'm starting to have an issue. Now, I don't know how you feel about it, and I've got some pretty strong thoughts about Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens. And you could might as well throw Kurt Schilling and Sammy Sosa in there too, you know. It, and shoot, I think Sheffield should have gone in. Andrew Jones should have gone in. But right. we'll just start with the David Ortiz. Your thoughts on him? I mean, that's the name he's going in under, right? Yeah, there you go. So that, <laughs> so we we know that as well. So so it's interesting. You just brought up something that's bigger, and I'll get to what your your question is or or the thoughts around Ortiz. We now in this like you know the Me Too, kind of the woke, whatever, community that we're living in, and we talk about there's not a lot of nuance and not a lot of gray area. The frustration I have is that the baseball writers, when, like you said, when Ty Cobb was around and Babe Ruth was around, I mean, similar to even when Michael Jordan was around, you heard how friendly that he became with like the Chicago Tribune writer. And then that guy would include him in some stuff and he'd take him out drinking. And like the, if the Baseball Writers Association is how you get into the Hall of Fame, well, you can guarantee that those baseball writers during the Ty Cobb era were white men (laughs) that would probably hang out at the bar and do some things with, you know, Ty Cobb and, you know, hang out. And so now in this new era, when we're like, we have more media presence and like a lot of these writers kind of get full of themselves, like, well, I have a show on ESPN and I get to talk locally. And I mean, you know, uh, I write my article, but I'm also employed by ESPN and they want an opinion here. And now I'm doing this and I'm writing. So now they are their own entity. They can be separate, but I think, you know, there's gotta be context around all of this. How did these guys get in? They were voted in because they were friends with the writers or the writers and the baseball players were more closely linked in a different era. Now there is a more adversarial, um, kind of context to it. And that goes to what I said initially about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, they could mm-hmm. give two shits about the baseball writers of America and not realizing. So again, back to your point about David Ortiz, it is really amazing that yes, he had a positive test, which I alluded to, you mentioned. Um, he also uh, was released by one organization uh, and came back two years younger under a different name. And you probably know the original <laughs> name, but that was all happening while we were playing. And he was just an A-ball guy. It wasn't, this wasn't mm-hmm. even something that people were that worried about at the time. Like, oh, we caught this guy, fake birth certificate, different name. And then he became somebody and it was like, oh yeah, well that we forgot about all that. 
Um, but I, I, David Ortiz, we said this on the podcast. I mean, we end up being player friendly. Um, I happen to think mm-hmm. Clemens, Bonds, Ortiz, Andrew Jones as well. Um, Sheffield, yeah. I mean, Sheffield, I think, has their credentials and probably better than some of the other guys. That's still a debate based on his numbers. But um, but those guys probably should all get in or should all be in um, because of what you said. I mean, what's what's the marker that those writers are using? Is it that they took steroids? Because David Ortiz wouldn't be in. I mean, it can't That's be That's what I mean. Marker. It blows a hole in that whole theory, doesn't right. it? You yeah. know, and then David Ortiz is the nice guy. He's always been the nice guy. He's yeah. a great guy. Everybody has stories about hanging around yeah. David Ortiz. He's a right. wonderful man. Yeah. Um, you well, know, like Jose you know, Lima. Least, Jose Lima was yeah. a great dude, man. Everybody great liked dude. having him. I mean, but like you said, that's his reputation. Th- that's the reputation, and that's the culture he created around him. He was great in the playoffs, so I know a lot of that carried a lot of weight with David Ortiz and the writers. And, you know, the Gary Sheffield kind of – he kind of folds into that Barry Bonds idea where – you know, he doesn't have the numbers that Barry Bonds has, but he was a bit of a prick to the press too, you know, but it was, these guys were so focused on what was going on on the field that they just felt like, you know, they didn't need the media to be better or to prop right. them up. They right. they went out dominated. Yep. They knew they were the center of attention yep. and they got annoyed with it. And Barry Bonds, you know, all, there was speculation and accusations, much like Roger Clemens, unfortunately went to Capitol Hill and misremembered and created words and did stuff. But right. Dude, think in that Jason Sark article, the thing that jumped at me was the guy who has the most hits in all of Major League Baseball history, not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. The guy that has the most home runs in the history of the game of baseball, right. not in the Hall of Fame. Right. The guy that has the most uh, Cy Young Awards uh, won in his career, not in the Hall of Fame. Yep. I mean, these are things where is the Baseball Hall of Fame recognizing the greatness of what these guys did on the field, whether it was enhanced or not? Right. And that's where I think Barry Bonds should get in. That's where I think Roger Clemens should get in. You could take it to, you know, Kurt Schilling. I didn't feel like Kurt Schilling deserved to be in, but you could argue the numbers to say he should. But his political views and the way he handles himself in the public eye is awful. So everybody's like, ah, stay away from that. And if if you don't let Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, under the accusations, into the Hall of Fame, you you desperately need to take, if the baseball Raiders have any hair on their nuts, they take Manny Ramirez off the ballot and they take Alex Rodriguez off the ballot because that is the that they have now set a precedent on who gets in and who doesn't and I don't like it. No, I agree. We're aligned on that. You sent me a text this week about well then A-Rod should come off the ballot and the weird thing is as soon as I saw those guys not get in that was the first thought that popped in my mind. I'm like yeah. we got to take A-Rod off the ballot then because we he has two it's a waste of time. Tests. Yeah, why should he go through the ten years of? Oh, he's at fifty percent. He's at thirty two percent. Like it just had not a major mean league anything. record for suspension exactly on That's PEDs. Right. Yeah. yeah, and again, I think that suspension. Yes, it was a PED related, but the Yankee he was an a hole. They didn't want him in the club. Like if they wanted him, they would have fought for him. And I, and I do think this kind of is your overarching point. All right, let's take PDs off the table, like number, you know, all-time home run leader. We can debate whether Bonds would have been the all-time home run leader, you know, in, you know, because the last four or five years might have been tainted. Would he have been, would he have broken the record, you know, uh, Roger Maris's record or yeah. uh, I know uh, McGuire and Sosa's record uh, uh, following, but would he have gotten the 71 home runs or the 74 home runs? If he wasn't on PDs, we can have that conversation. Nobody has a conversation about how, or, or nobody debates how great of a baseball player he was, similar to Clemens, similar to. And so, again, I think the line of delineation, because the media can be antagonistic, and as you said, it helps as a as a 25th guy on a roster or 20th guy on the roster and or maybe a third starter or a fourth starter, you know, you you're probably just not that cutthroat and not that prickish anyway. But, you know, hey, the media's in here. It's part of their job. They got to do, I'll, I'll shoot the breeze with them. I'll talk to them. Those guys didn't need anybody. They still probably don't need anybody. And I think that is the reason they're being held out. Pete Rose, uh, Pete Rose also, right? Pete Rose is unapologetic. And, he, you know, he's, he's yeah, you know. The kind word of, that pops in my head, they're just stubborn pricks. Yeah, exactly. you're right. Exactly, that's right. And I think that's the reason they're not in the Hall of Fame, not for all the other reasons that people like to say. And then to Jason Stark's point, what kind of Hall of Fame do we want? Do we want a Hall of Fame that's 
built on you know the integrity of the sports writers or even some opinions or and let's remember it's it's just context of that time because if Ty Cobb's in and he was a com- completely big jerk and the Listen writers now, voted him Tuttle in, Tuttle is right? spitting it right now. Listen, no, just saying, yes, it's, no, it's, you've got to take it into context. I'm right. with you. Yeah, and this is why we have a hard time comparing eras anyway. Like, you know, when somebody says, who's a better basketball player? Is it LeBron or Michael or Kareem? It's like the game was completely different, you know, or Shaq, right? Shaq was seven foot two and the ball came down to the post every time. They don't do that anymore. So anyway, we could, we could keep circling around, but I think we've already uncovered. And I think I would hope people would agree with us and the baseball writers should take a good, long, hard look at themselves in the mirror you know, and their moral integrity and what the what the idea is. If they're really anti-steroids, then don't vote any of those guys in. As you said, let's take all those guys off the ballot, at least off your ballot, right? If this is your, you know, mantra or this is your moral compass, that's fine. But like you said, to let Ortiz in who has a positive test, <laughs> you know, um, and, and I think he deserved to be in. He's a fantastic human being. This isn't, we're not trying to, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to bash no, him and say he should or shouldn't. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Yeah, there's no way we're trying to take down David Ortiz. He belongs in there. Right, but PDs were a part of the game at the time. So Yeah, it, it, it's totally different. I mean, everybody said, you know, you could say, well, what about Barry Bonds ruining careers by taking, B, you know, PEDs? What about the, you know as well, damn well, as like I do, there were just as many, for every Barry Bonds, there were 10 other guys that were that third, fourth in the rotation that were taking steroids too, trying to jack their numbers up and get contracts and, and face guys. So, you know, as much as you want to argue Barry facing a guy, shoot, Roger Clemens is a pitcher if you're assuming he took them. Mm-hmm. And you're facing guys who took steroids and yeah. facing – give me a break. And then you, the whole conscious thing, uh, conscience, you know, yeah. I can't have that on my conscience, voting for yeah. a guy with Pete. Give me a break. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's nice to get the emotion out because, I, you know, my mom, I've said this before. She's always like, well, why are you so pro-Barry Bonds? I said, I'm not really pro-Barry Bonds. I just know what a fantastic mm-hmm. baseball player he was. Yes. And, and I would say the same thing with – I mean, you do not have to preach to me about that stuff. So I was always fighting to get on the 40-man roster. And when you realize that the guys that went away for the winter that were throwing, you know, very similar to myself, maybe a little bit younger, but they came back throwing 94, 95 in spring training, you know, that year they get kept on the roster. And you're like, oh, well, that's why. You just have a bunch of dudes that never, you know, yep. they were kind of in my boat, right? I was in the mud- muddied waters of like trying More to just make the 40 yes. man. And there were 10 dudes, right, that would just come back and be like, oh, yeah, I took HGH Every or year. PEDs. And, you know, it didn't yeah, make like, them pitch much better. why is your back all zitted up? What's going yeah. on? Not- yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But but that's, I mean, that was the environment we played in. And I'm not upset about it, but I'm saying that's, those are the people that it affected more, right? Like there's, yeah, they used to have like, all right, we need these guys on the 40-man roster. You would come back. And then the debate was like, man, they had 50 or 60 guys that they wanted to protect. Mm-hmm. And that was in a pool of, you know, I was in that pool, right? And I'm, yeah. you know, getting beat out by guys that were throwing, you know, 95, 96 when they were throwing 89 the year before. So I've got one last thought on this and yeah. I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. How about... We vote them into the Hall of Fame, but we don't give them the honor of going up and having the speech, sitting in a parade, going to Cooperstowns. You just have a you have a you have a plaque built, you have it list their accolades, and you have maybe you just have a little blip at the bottom. You know, st- played during the steroid era, accusations were made, and he's in the Hall of Fame because of what he did on the field. But we're not going to give him the full blown parade in honor of of being voted into the Hall of Fame or even create a separate wing. But the, there's no way you cannot, you can't, you can't just leave these guys out, whether it be Pete Rose, Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, you know, Barry Bonds and Roger Clements. These guys need to be recognized. And, you know, it's it's much like we're going through with, with the United States right here. Everybody has scars. Everybody has since, but they were great, and we need to recognize how great they were and how much they impacted the game. Because if it wasn't for steroids, it's talking about CBAs and lockouts and strikes. If it wasn't for PEDs, baseball wouldn't have bounced back as quickly as it did. Yeah, I mean PEDs helped baseball uh, improve its uh, standing, which is funny, right? <laughs> yep. The whole the whole how, how, how about every this? organization took PEDs. Uh, this just popped in my head. I, I mean, I want to know what you feel about the whole voting in. But how about this? Are you gonna Bruce Bochy 
you know, you know, he he managed all these guys who managed Felipe Alou, whoever managed guys with PEDs. Uh, you know, I can't remember who, you know, some of the Oakland A's, you know, well, are you going to, Tony gonna, La Russa, Giambi yeah, and are, McGuire are you remove, are you going to remove their wins? Are you not going to put them in because they knew that maybe they didn't know how much it was going on, but they knew it was going on. Do you take them out of the hall of fame? Oh, they knew they were using steroids. I mean, it, do you go yeah. that far? You know, it's funny when, what Bud popped Selig? into my, yeah. Or, what I'm po- sorry, Dud oh, Yeah. What what popped into my mind when you mentioned earlier was remember they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman, which that's the, what yeah. they always do with the NCAA. They're always like, all right, so do we take Roger Clemens like he has whatever seven Cy Youngs? Do we take like four of them away? We're like, oh no, for sure. So he really only has three Cy Youngs when everybody watched him win seven. Like that's where you get, like you said, that's where you get dicey. I I I just to address your thought about voting them in but not giving them the speech. I think the challenge there, because it is, it would be disingenuous to have Barry Bonds stand up there and be like, all right, this is the greatest day of my life. Like, you know, I've been, <laughs> it's like, whatever. I mean, you know, now you're going to be nice and, you know, capitulate. I think with some hindsight and some time, you might feel differently. But Maturity. Maturity. But <laughs> I, I just, it, you're right. It would be terrible. But there were people, you know, even people in the Astros organization that have been voted in that were linked to some of these things. Like then if they get voted in or an Ortiz gets voted in, do not let them speak because he had a positive test then where we'd want to hear him speak because he's a nice guy. So yeah. I think that and line would still be- baseball, yeah. Right. I think that line would be really tough to be like, because then it's an opinion again. Like you can't speak and you can speak, but but I do but that's think- that's the next level is where you go, who can talk, who can't, you know, I'm right. like, oh, geez. Yeah. But I agree with you because they should, you know, I mean, Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, you know, those- I, I guess we've decided this on this podcast a few times. Those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, people have argued like separate wing or separate that look. The Hall of Fame is a nonprofit organization. I found out from Meredith Wills, who does the, you know, she makes art <laughs> based on that. It yeah. it should just be a museum. It should it should recognize everything, warts and all, of you know the game of baseball yes. since its inception. You know, it just should. It, it's a big part. I mean, you, yeah. we talked about the baseball on that a couple podcasts ago. So I mean, you're going to have this dead ball, live ball era. It's already happened. Uh, you know, the pitchers dominating, and then you're going to have the steroid PED era. And so I mean, there's just and I love that you brought up the context earlier when you are voting on these things or you're taking these guys. Are you voting them Hall of Fame of their era or are you voting it over the entire span? Because we know the Hall of Fame voting is going to be adjusted here moving forward in the, because of the evolution of the game. And guys aren't going to get to those, those uh, typical plateaus of 3,000 strikeouts, 3,000 hits, 300 wins. You're just not going to be able to attain the numbers that were typical of guys in the past. So in that context, you should be able to vote those guys in. But man... It's just a shame that you're not going to be able to recognize those guys. No, and and this it'll be interesting to see because now it's up to uh, the the committee now, and I I just feel like if I know the, yeah, the committee's committee. a yeah the veterans committee has a uh, there's eh, diversity is not really where I'm going, but I mean it's a lot of players on there and ex you well know, it's, it's different areas and genres and yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's a, in our eyes, it's a diverse group. Because, it is, is right. It's a it's yeah. a diverse group of baseball people, but it could be front office go. people and some yeah. players. And those front office people and players, I have a strong feeling they're not going to hold grudges the same way maybe some writers do that got shunned in the locker room or got a towel smacked. I on, hope you that's know? true. And and it'll be interesting to see because I do feel like they might get in. I think Pete Rose. Um, He's banned by the commissioner, so they can't even, you know, the committee yes. can't even address his deal. But Clemens and Bonds will probably get in at some point, depending on, you know, how strong that committee is, like from front office and player based people, because I have a feeling that they would think uh, much more along the lines of us. That would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah that's going to that's, uh, that's gonna do it for the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, last podcast, we actually, we'll just stay on the baseball theme here real quick yeah. before we get into some of the NFL news that's coming up uh, this week, is that uh, uh, the lockout was kind of interesting because last week we talked about how exciting the NFL playoffs were, every game coming down to a last field goal kick, 13 seconds, Patrick Mahomes, the, these legends that are growing and the eyes that are on the sport. We, were, we let our podcast out. On that Tuesday, I believe, and guess what happened on Tuesday after all the football hubbub happened? Do you want to let them let our fans know what's going on and just pump ourselves, let well, our no, egos expand will, yeah. a little bit? Yeah. 
we of course take all the credit, but um, yeah. the the players' association and the uh, and the uh, owners got together. I mean, they got together in earnest. It seemed like they were. This it, was not that's a very good word for it. This was not non-essential issues. They were talking about real things. <laughs> you had texted me, I believe. I know. Um, I don't know what you're allowed to say about the lockout, but obviously there were some things that the players were. Um, negotiating uh, uh, around, which is, you know, that's that's always a good sign. I always feel like these things come down to the 11th hour because everybody knows like when they need to get in. We've said this a few um, a few episodes ago, you know, this is going to be like a March 1st deal. Like we already know like March 1st is when, you know, <laughs> yeah. or February 25th or whatever is going to be kind of the witching hour. But I think, as you said, they listened to our podcast and they realized, man, look what football did on this weekend. It was magical. It was amazing. Let's get to the table. Um, let's get uh, let's get our heads together and let's get this organized. And I also think that you you said this before, and this is not necessarily pertaining to the negotiation, but players just want to play. That's what we do. That's what we knew how to do, and we want to play on schedule. Like that's what COVID was really challenging <laughs> yeah. with. Like spring training always starts You're in so you right. know late February, and it's like yeah, I got to get in shape. Like that schedule is really important for the you know, 162 games, you need that routine and you have to develop the routine. Nobody likes to, you know, all right, it's May 1st. All right, we're going to start May 1st this year, not April 1st and scram, you know, scrambling. Baseball is not a scrambling kind of sport. It's something you want to, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be peaking at the right time. And these guys have timelines. And now, as we've said, professional uh, trainers and nutrition and all that, they want the season to start on time so that they can be peaking at the right time. And I think that uh, hopefully these negotiations uh, will get done sooner than later. Yeah, again, again, you can read up on what 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 transpired and what concessions, if if they were made, or you know what yeah. the conversations were. But I think you bring up a good point because that's something we haven't talked about on this podcast. Is you know we talk about deadlines, we talk about dates. You know what really impacts owners, what impacts players. Obviously, it's the paycheck. Everything's about money. And player owners are going to be in the game longer than players. And the payout and the money is going to be greater for owners than it is players because they have more invested. But the players need to make their money as quick as they can and as much as they can. But I think that you, you know, I think what doesn't get talked about enough is that 2020 season because we may think that it's March 1st, but it may be sooner because owners are looking at the players and players are looking at the owners going, Remember how we tried to speed up the season and how awful that went? And we actually had some really big, bad, awful crap injuries happen. We don't want to have that again. So I think that they have a, I think there's a certain map already out there that says we need X amount of days, you know, or weeks to get ready for a season. So whenever that agreement is made, so they probably mark February 15th, you know, that'll be fine. We can get through a spring training and everybody will be okay because that's usually right around reporting dates. If you say it's March 1st, then you push that back two weeks, you know, then you're two weeks into the season and getting prepared. And that's, I think, where they start to look at that a little bit differently. And to Tuttle's point, bringing that up is what may force the issue a little bit to try and get this done sooner than later. Yep. No, I totally agree. And and I think, you know, again, giving the NFL full credit, like as a businessman, if this is all dollars and cents, they they were witness to, you know, one of the greatest playoff football weekends. And we've seen it with, I bring it up every time, the NHL is kind of when I watch hockey as playoff time. NBA, same thing. I can go the whole year without watching an NBA game. And then when those series get going, it's it's great it's great entertainment. And I think we've seen the same with baseball playoff. Baseball is fantastic. The strategy last year, we got to watch the Braves and they kept bringing the same pitchers in. And it was like, wow, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic entertainment. And I think that, uh, players want to play and owners want to make money and, uh, they'll got to come to the table and get this done. Yep. And speaking of making money, why don't we take a word from our sponsor? The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching 
so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And we're back. Thank you to our sponsors here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, So the next topic or the topic du jour would be the NFL. And we talked last week a little bit about uh, our Super Bowl predictions, what we thought was going to happen. We were looking at upsets. I think you went chalk. I was just saying that, you know, I thought the Niners were going to win the Rams game. But uh, the article I read this week I thought was interesting is – um, a little off topic, which is SoFi Stadium, which is hosting the the Super Bowl. Um, if the Rams win, obviously two years in a row, the home team ends up uh, being in their yeah. own stadium. But how SoFi is going to struggle because they, they expected this weekend to be off, right? They were like, ah, oh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, they were planning on just hosting a Super Bowl. They weren't necessarily <laughs> planning on ho- hosting a Super Bowl with the Rams. And so the fact that they have the Chargers and the Rams playing there, they just really get no weeks off to prepare for the Super Bowl. I'm sure they'll make concessions. It was just a funny article saying like the fact that they're actually playing in the championship game <laughs> is delaying some of the Super Bowl preparation. And living out here on the left coast, I'll share with you, Blum, you used to live out here. You probably would have yeah, bring it. attended a Chargers game or not. The uh, the parking up there. I mean, this is where Hollywood Park used to be. We used to go up and you know drink dollar yeah. beers and bet some of the horses, not in the nicest area necessarily or not in the high rent district parking Mm. now my buddy went up to a regular season game he paid a hundred dollars for parking shut up swear to god yeah regular season yeah regular season parking is a hundred bucks they're saying you're better off like you know they don't have any mass transit right like in the bay area at least you can for for where the giants play you can at least take uh you know you can take bart in about a half mile away and obviously with oakland i know the Warriors left, but when you had Oakland Coliseum and the Warriors, you could take Bart right to the stadium. It was like mm-hmm. right on that platform. You're like, hey, I'm here. But, uh, you know, yeah, they were saying that the parking may go up to like 350 bucks to park near the stadium during the uh, championship. And I then mean, the, it's like, the Uber, what does Uber do? They uh, they, they they give you that fee where it just yep. jacks it out of, out of yeah. oh, man. But I did that Good for luck a, with that. I did that for a U2 concert down here at Anaheim Stadium, and we, my mm-hmm. wife and I Ubered to, like, I don't know if we took a car or whatever. I don't even know if Uber was big 10 years ago, but we took a car that dropped us off kind of by the A over there. We're like, we rolled in, but I met a friend oh, yeah. in there, and my friend's like, hey, we'll take you home. It's fine, you know? So me and my wife got in his car. We spat in the parking lot for two and a half hours, like, trying to creep <laughs> out. I'm like, we should have got another car. Anyway, Damn it makes it. the experience expensive, but I'm I, you got to figure, like, Uber and every, everybody's going to make a killing but god could you imagine i still complain you know we always talk about the gp like if i don't have a ticket or a a bump or whatever (laughs) but you know it's like hey how do i i still complain about paying 35 bucks when i go up to you know i wanted to say candlestick but when i go up to a&t t park you know take my mom's car over there to the giant stadium and it's like oh it's 35 or 40 dollars just a park like dude i'm getting gouged (laughs) yeah so anyway so so yeah, the Super Bowl is uh, coming up. Why don't you um, talk about what we talked about kind of at the outset, the 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 weeks, right? The um, the two weeks and how it extended the season and maybe how that affects everybody. And then wh- what you think, did you change your opinion about like who you think is going to win the Super Bowl or how things are rolling out? And then we can talk about the spreads a little maybe. Yeah, I actually haven't, I haven't looked at the spreads recently. I, obviously, we can look that up on our computers as we're doing this podcast, but uh, I don't think much has changed for me. I think it's kind of interesting. I talked to a couple guys this morning who was out having a cup of coffee, and, and they're, on the, they're on the Rams train. I mean, even if the Chiefs, they're calling Chiefs-Rams, it, it seems to be the consensus down here in Houston, but at the same time, they, they think the Rams have a legit shot. And I think the, you know, the more you think about it and the more you, know, you can dig on it, you know, is the defensive line for the Rams going to be able to get to Mahomes? Because you could you could see what the Bills were doing when they actually got to him, and you force him to move around a little bit. You you can make him make some. I think the whole key is how do you make the quarterback panic? 
you know, that was one of the big things last week I think we saw in some of these playoff games is some of the younger quarterbacks in that first couple of rounds, they start to panic. The ball starts flying all over the place. Even Garoppolo's done it a couple times Ugh. where the ball, <laughs> yeah, tear that scab off, mm. where, you know, the ball goes flying, all of a sudden it's picked off and it's, you know, the, the field position changes and the team score. But, you know, the, the Rams are going to be very interesting to me just because I think their defense is very good. You know, they've, they've, is their secondary going to be, are their linebackers going to be, a, you know, be able to cover Kelsey, Kelsey in the, in the, I mean, they have to get there first, obviously, but would they be able to cover Kelsey? Would they be able to uh, cover Tyreek Hill and all the, you know, there's a lot of weapons on both sides that I think are very intriguing, but I do believe their offense could, you know, I, I still don't know who the running back is for the, uh, who's it? Sony Michelle for the Rams, I think was the last guy that was actually healthy. Yeah, Sony Michelle out. was Akers. So Cam Akers is the Akers, guy they yeah. wanted, and he came back and he fumbled twice. You know, they're up twenty three, they're up twenty seven to three or twenty. Yeah, to we three. talk about quarterbacks and panic, and sometimes uh-huh. it happens to the running back too, where you just ah you yeah. can't hold on. Well, and you know Brady doesn't panic. Brady looked terrible for three quarters. I think we touched on this mm-hmm. on Tuesday, but he looked terrible for three quarters, and they gave him the ball back, and he doesn't panic. Like he gets better in the fourth quarter. Whereas Garoppolo, to your point, I mean, this does come down to quarterback play, just like. In baseball, it's pitching. Garoppolo, they're up 23-7 on the Cowboys, and he throws a terrible pick, and all of a sudden now they're in a dogfight when they could have just, you know, essentially run out the clock or, you know, march down the field. So I, I think you're right. I mean, I if you look at on paper, you mentioned the Rams. I mean, getting Stafford over and the way they're playing, and now OBJ's in the mix, and then they got the uh they got Von Miller from the Broncos. They were waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So you got Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I mean, they got the names. <laughs> so they've got enough name talent and enough money there that I think that they can, you know, they can certainly hold their own with anybody. The thing that still makes me nervous, and I'm trying to be unbiased. I, I said I like the Niners a little bit. The Niners have beaten the Rams like six times in a row. I mean, like Shanahan has McVay's yeah. number, and it's really hard. I mean. I could take that into account. I think Shanahan could game plan this thing. You know, is it Kittle? Is it uh, Elijah Mitchell? Is it Debo? I mean, there's there's ways he could be creative enough to make something happen. Absolutely. And think about like when Goff, although he got a bad rap, um, when the Rams made the Super Bowl, they were a juggernaut, and Belichick just game plan, and all of a sudden it's a six nothing game, and you're in the third quarter. I mean, Shanahan could certainly do that. And if you're in a six nothing game against the Rams. Anything can happen. If it's twenty-one nothing, you know, at halftime, then obviously it's a different game, and you know, and then you're going to have to rely on you know Garoppolo. That to might throw be you back in. that might be the point that needs to be made. Is if it low scoring, who do you favor? You know, yeah, if it turns into a track meet, then I think it's going to be the Rams. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I think if you just go by chalk, right, it's supposed to be a Rams Chiefs uh, Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I read a fantastic article on Joe Burrow, and you just talked about panic. Joe Burrow has no panic. I mean, he got sacked nine God, times. he's impressive. Yeah. That's the first football game in professional football that's ever been won by a quarterback that got sacked nine times. I mean, how do you win a game when you're sacked nine times? I mean, you talked about how, how do you keep your wits about yourself and function in an atmosphere that's just coming in on you constantly like that? That that was remarkable. Yeah. So I just, I just, you know, I guess I like the underdog. I just, I hate when everything goes to hate is a strong word. I dislike when everything, you know. If Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, you know, second time in three years, we're going to be talking about how great he is. And, you know, that conversation just oh, doesn't yeah. sound as fun, right? I mean, he's a great quarterback. <laughs> no, I'm big on storylines, too. Know, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, the storyline <laughs> yeah. is we already know yeah. he's going to be the greatest. Now they're going to be talking about how he can catch Brady or whatever. So, anyway, I just think it's interesting. So, it's the uh, the Niners plus three and a half. So, Rams minus three and a half in that game. I, you know, I I just have to – in playoff games, I think – it's going to be a close game. We saw the last game go yes. to overtime. You know, I, I think the Rams probably win that game close, right? I mean, that's not revelatory. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31 in week 17. So the last week, the Bengals went into Arrowhead and beat them. Ooh. But I just think – you and I know this about playoffs. Yeah, though. playoffs. Talk about no, the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's the experience. So Joe Burrow has ice water in his veins, but you have a whole team of young guys. It's their first time being there. You know, you got Andy Reid, who's been there a million times with the Eagles, a million times with the Chiefs. I mean, you know, I I think you got to think. Uh, you know, it's going to be the enemy's Chiefs. been in this situation that's too. Right. The offensive it's, coordinator. That's right. I mean, it's just going to be a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. But man, I guess like all of us, right? We can be fans. Anything can happen. So. 
Um, well, and you called it last week. We talked about it last week, and when the point where it spread was seven and a half, it's down to seven. You know, and there's still yeah. a couple of days left. Yeah. So I think uh, I think the Chiefs have the experience. I would flip a coin on the Rams Niners. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Niners win, but I do think on paper, I agree. The, the Rams have a better team, right? Salary wise and talent wise, they probably have a better mm-hmm. team. Yeah, so. they're definitely the sexier pick. You know, I think that you know we yeah. saw it last week in Green Bay with the Niners. They're more of the grunts. You know, they're not going to dazzle you. They're going to no. work around some issues and find a way to stay in the game until that last play or the last kick and and figure it out that way. That, that's their game, I think, is just kind of, gr- you know, ground and pound, grind yep. it out, the, you know, the typical NFL yep. game. I know they'll be grateful not to be playing in snow. There you go. Jeez. And, yeah, and I will say this, that, that maybe it's funny because John Harbaugh, or John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, who went from the Niners to Michigan, really kind of wore himself out because he was ground and pound and he stuck to his his guns. And I don't think I'm the only one that thinks this, but watching Shanahan, he's really similar in that he just lines it up and runs at you, but he has a little razzle-dazzle in there. And I think that's what makes him a notch better from an NFL perspective. Like he'll run and run and run, and then he finds a way to use Debo Samuel in, in a play, or like you said, mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell. And it's like, they, he just has a little more flair for offense. He doesn't just, you know, line a fullback back up there. And and when they need a play, they hand it to the fullback or they'll throw it to, you know, use check in the flat. It's yeah, like, they'll trick it out and give it to I, the guy you're not expecting. Yeah. I just kind of love that style. But anyway, um, yeah. we digress uh, a little bit. Um, I was going to say <laughs> to you. Yeah, I was going to say. So we have a couple of things. I want to I want to get your blast here, um, your Blum's blast this week, because we've missed this for a couple, uh, a couple different weeks, and I think it's time for us to maybe go off on a tangent and tell us what your Blum's blast is for the week. Well, I'm curious to – so my blast is going to be about family again. And I know, man, uh, I, it's not ragging on my family. It's something I have to deal with, I have to adjust to. And now that my my oldest daughter's 18, my my triplet daughters are 16, you think I would have adjusted by now? Because this is something, since, since the ability to actually speak words, this has happened. And you being the father of multiples too, you've got twin daughters and you've got an older son, but uh, we are b- both fathers of multiples. So I've got triplets in case you haven't figured this out. And uh, Tuttle has twin daughters. I have all minor girls. Since they were able to speak, they multiples. Now think about when one kid comes into the room and asks one thing. Think about when the next kid comes into the room and asks the same question. You only have it twice. I get one more. I always get the one that comes in third and goes, Dad, this, and I'm like, for the love of all that is holy, I am not answering this question anymore. I'm done. And I and I get and you could you could literally hear my voice go, well, well. Audrey, blah, blah, blah. And I'll give the answer. And then Ava. And then by the time Kayla comes in and asks, I'm like, Kayla, damn. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I've given this answer. I've gotten to the point where I'll give it the answer and I'll go, ask your sister, ask your sister. And I feel terrible doing that and it probably makes me a horrible dad. I mean, they'll have, you know, they're going to go to therapy here in about 15 years because of it. Who knows? But do you have that issue at the house? And, 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 you tell a story and you feel like you're telling everybody the story and somebody's checked out and they go, huh, Ugh. what'd you say? What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm out. I can't do it. You know, I, I yeah. just can't, the, the repetition and the multiplication yeah. of, of questions gets to me sometimes. And that's, that's, that's the joy of being a multiple father. Do you have that same issue? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the, if it's, yeah, I guess it's, it does seem to be heightened with the, tr- you know, having triplets or twins because, um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that. So one is maybe, you know, just I'm a problem solver, which I realize is the wrong way to be when my wife asks me something as well. So, oh. but but on this podcast, we're allowed to solve problems. What I would say is, hey, if Ava comes in <laughs> and you know and you know that she's going to ask a question, they're like, you know, hey, dad, you know, my screen time's off on my phone. You know, I finished my homework. Can I, whatever, oh, turn God. my phone on? Hey, Ava, you can, um, when the other, when your sisters are done, just tell them that they can turn it on too or whatever, like, mm-hmm. like pass the message down. Um, I said this before, I always thought it was divorced families that would create this, this dynamic where like, you got to keep leveraging things. But my, my <laughs> wife might be downstairs and I'm upstairs and my daughter will come upstairs and go, Hey dad, uh, can I uh, have dessert? And you're like, why are you whispering? Like, I don't know. Yeah. What did, what did mommy say? You know? So I'm like, Hey honey. 
No, they already had to. Oh, well, there's your answer. Like, you're, I always thought divorce families leverage, like, you that's know, a, the dad that that's lives another down multiple thing, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Your dad, like, your, they'll, they'll, they'll split forces and, and, and manipulate it, man. That's a great. <laughs> it's, but that, but the only, that's what, what your question made me think of your statement, yeah. your Blum's Blast made me think of is that that's, I deal with more of that. Like, hey, they got to do it. Why can't I do it? And it's like, no, I didn't say mm-hmm. you couldn't. They just came and asked me, like, do you should have a message board? And we've talked about your group text oh, before. Dude. When, what, no, that'll help you. There you go. See, it's a solution. When somebody comes in to ask you the question, you should put it out on the wire, like, hey, girls. Ava yes. just asked me if you know she could have another burrito. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the questions are. Like, you know, dude, can, I've got I've got group texts. I've got the calendar attached to everybody, yeah, and still yeah. we get the. Hey, I didn't know you guys were doing this, and dude, I'm like, man, our anniversary's been on the calendar. Like, it happened last night. Yeah, we get the text, and this is I love this text. When's dinner? Ooh, yeah, and I'm like, it, it's when we make it, and we bring that damn dinner bell. We have a dinner bell we ring. <laughs> nice, but I'm like, and then I'm I I texted back. I'm like. I go, you're cute. Yeah. And she's like, what? And I'm yeah. it took her 10 minutes. I can't Look I looked at, at the, the calendar. Time. She finally looked at the calendar and she went, Oh, happy anniversary. Yeah. I was like, Damn. That's great. Yeah. They have cars, they have money, they have ability. Yeah. There's food in the fridge. Yeah. But no, I'm just gonna be like, hey, when's dinner, dude? All right. So now we are it's Blum's Blast. We're off on the tangent. I do have a what'll Tuttle say, which is very similar also, which will be a grouchy old man thing, but just to kind of kind of carry your point forward it my son is still fairly a picky eater but he's very Mm. self-sufficient to your point there's food in the fridge we know what he likes from trader joe's and costco like you don't want that then make something that you would like to eat um but he's you know studious and i'm like look Addie's making dinner. I might be making dinner we get it kind of all organized and i'm like you know i don't think tyler's gonna eat this tonight and she's like shrugs her shoulders i'm like yeah so i'll be like hey t Come downstairs and make yourself something so that you can eat, like you said, the dinner bell, so you can eat with us, right? So, Our oldest is like this too, by the but way. But I'm like I don't every, know what it is. but it's every night, and I'm like, so I want to just, I'm like, and I'm like you, like I'll let it go for a while, but I just, I, I have steam coming out my ears, like on Friday night, if we're eating at home, if we're not going out, mm-hmm. because I'm like, he's over there cooking and talking, and like we're we're like finishing dinner. <laughs> And I'm like, I told you to come down like 20 minutes ago. And he's like over there cooking and I don't like this. And Addie's getting up to help him. I'm like, this is the Make most the disjointed. Like it's the only time we get to get together and sit down, right? That's You have that rule too. That's why you have the dinner bell. Like, yes. hey, I want to know how the day is. Like we sit together every night and eat dinner. Big um, on the family dinners, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's a little tangent. But yeah, it, it is frustrating. Multiples obviously add to that, but I think it can be expanded to multiple children just, you know, in the same age range. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be actually triplets or twins. It's like, yeah, it's I've already more answered than one this kid question. In house, yeah. yeah. And then, the you know, does the calendar sync? Does it not? So good transition to uh, what'll Tuttle say? What'll Tuttle say? It's the, uh, it's the grouchy old man again. I went to... Um, a pharmacy uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, had an appointment and uh, was waiting kind of out, out in my car. I was on a phone call or something. I noticed right next door was the Bagel Shack. And I'm like, ah, the Bagel Shack. I like that place. Love the bagel, that place. The Bagel Shack is open from like most, right? 6 a.m. to like 2 p.m. or 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 3, a, 3 p.m. It's not it's not open all day. You know, it kind of covers the breakfast crowd and the lunch crowd. Go figure, right? It's a bagel. <laughs> they don't need to stay open for a steak <laughs> bagel at dinner. Yeah. But I noticed um, it's there's like ten spots and it's sharing like three businesses. So there's ten spots in front, uh, or six or seven spots. You know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So there's the pharmacy, then there's like a like a juice shop, and then a bagel shop or something like that. And really like six or seven spots, two handicap, maybe eight spots total. And I happen to be out there around three o'clock or two o'clock, whatever the time they close. And I'm just on the phone in my car, and I'm like, oh my god, these two people walked out. The two front spots right in front of the bagel shack have sunshades on their car. And I'm like, oh, you know, they got the windshield sunshade. I'm like, these are like drive up, grab your bagel, leave spots. Yeah, that's some long-term parking right there it's, <laughs> with the it's shield the, up. It's the employees. I mean, I think we've had a Waddle till No. Yeah, swear to God, they're closing up shop at 2 o'clock. They took the front spot. Like, if you're the owner of that place, you should have a conniption, a heart attack. You sons of bitches. Yeah. Because it's in a big parking lot, but you do have to walk a little ways. Like those spots should be like, 
It should be like the five minute spot. Yeah, can I get a black coffee and you know a bagel with cream cheese? I'm out of here. They both came out. They were of course twenty or somewhere in that ballpark, twenty one to eighteen years old, working at the bagel shop. Took the two front A plus parking spots, and I just Damn, thought Gen Zers. Yeah, that's right. It is a You're Gen such a boomer. Thing. Yeah, I am an old grouchy <laughs> fart, and we know this. But I don't, and this has to do with manners. This has to do with etiquette. This is a very common theme on what'll Tuttle say. What in God's you name? You almost said it. It's common sense. They came out. It was funny. They were like high fiving. They locked the door. They put all the outdoor furniture away, and they came out and they like took the sunshades off their car and fired them up and like drove away. You know, ten minutes later, and I thought. If you're the owner of that business, you are, you should have a heart attack. Like those are the best spots. And you know what's funny? Here's the here's the dollars and cents of it. If I drove up to that bagel shop and the two handicap spots are full and there's six other spots and they're full, I keep going. I'm like I'm just going to hit the drive-through down the road. Mm-hmm. Like they are losing business cuz that those spots should be, you know, transient, should be in out, in out, in out. And I just laughed as I was sitting in my car like I said, just kind of dis whatever disengaged. I wasn't really paying attention to them. I was on a phone call and I looked over and I'm like, oh my God, like, they have sunshades. Anyway, so that's, that's, do not, if you're the number one employee, the first guy in at 6 a.m., do not take <laughs> the prime the parking, parking spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it was like. It's That's exactly right. It's like, hey, you're parking down there and you're, you know, like Bruce Bochy's spot. It says, you know, parking for Bruce Bochy. You know, you're like, he just put employee of the month. You guys take this this spot. Anyway, so that's a little old man crankiness. But if I was a business owner or if I were a business owner, I would I would have a conniption. I would flip out. Love it. That is why you tune in to Bleacher Blums to get that Wuddle Tuttle. I mean, we're like everybody. We notice things and we we, we like things a certain <laughs> way and it's okay. Uh, but yeah, another great show, Tuttle. Uh, we appreciate all of the military, both veteran and currently serving. We appreciate everything you're doing, both home and abroad, keeping us safe, keeping us uh, able to have the conversation that we're having and obviously first responders all the police personnel, all of the fire firemen and women, EMTs, everybody charging into harm's way to keep us safe and, and sound. And obviously uh, the essential workers, the teachers, the doctors, the nurses, everybody. We, uh, we love that you listen. We love that we have a chance to give you a shout out. And I'm just a setup guy because the closer is coming at you right now mm. to shut this thing down. Hey, I, I do want to say I fumbled my way through it before. Please f- uh, don't forget to subscribe to uh, Bleacher Blums on YouTube. Um, we have some short hops up, uh, short hops on there that our producer Mark puts up. They're fantastic little video clips of what's going on, uh, as well as to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Bleacherblums.com is our website. You can get it at Blummer at Blummer27 on both socials, Instagram and Twitter. Myself at Real David Tuttle, both socials, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we'd love to hear what you think. I mean, like I said, rate, review, subscribe. You don't have to uh, necessarily uh, give us the highest rating, but if you don't like the podcast or you have a challenge, then let us know. I mean, you know, we always say keep it clean, make it constructive, but we're going to try and improve. Um, That's kind of, you know, remember baseball players, right? Uh, Three out of Mm -hmm. 10 is a Hall of Famer. Like, you know, there's, there's those seven at bats where you didn't get the stuff done. So... Um, you know, we're, we're open to criticism and hearing what you guys uh, like about the podcast, what you don't like, how we could change the format, any of that stuff. So please rate, review, subscribe. Don't forget to order some swag on bleacherblums.com. And as the closer always says, if you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And on this podcast, we encourage you to get after it and believe it. Believe it. It was the true test yes. To try to figure out what I'll do what next I'll do. First date, date, that was Mel's driving. driving Those memories still keep me smiling she, she. From the sunset strip out to Dublin I realized she's the one that I vibe with like Had to travel a lot for my ball games ball game. She followed every step, we ain't part ways You always show love from the start, babe Corey, you deserve such a large thing Had our first daughter up in 03 Triplets in 05, there was no sleep Won the World Series in the same year We worked together, that's why the love is so deep So, I gotta thank you For 
every single moment I am grateful, grateful. You never let the rough times shake you, never that. You stand by my side, yeah, you stay true. Corey, you're my best friend, greatest wife ever, ever. The best mom making life better, way better. Without you, baby, that's never. Always love waking up to me and you together, yeah. You're very independent with the most drive. Saying, what's the purpose if we don't try? You motivate us all, put it so high. Show your fam love, you were so kind Encouraging as ever with your smart words Very bright mind walking God's earth Any roadblock, she will conquer She never stops, yeah my queen puts us all first Truly satisfied with my time spent With a great woman full of kindness Wisdom and strength, how I find this You and me forever, that defines bliss I love to see the talent of my star spouse Your interior designs up in our house I want you to know through the up and downs I truly feel proud that you stuck around So I gotta thank you For every single moment I am grateful You never let the rough times shake you You stand by my side, yeah you stay true Corey you're my best friend, greatest wife ever The best mom making life better Without you, baby, that's never Always love waking up to me and you together Yeah